Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning. Um, big welcome to, as Lynn said, this is our first um, combined uh, service, so we're here every Sunday. We're the only full-time church. Oh, it's my little wind-up that I say to the other guys. Barbican, do you come back in two weeks and then Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> um, but it's my privilege and it's a pleasure to speak to you this morning. And um, everything that's been going on, uh, we've been at the conference. It's been fantastic. These guys, you've heard what they've said. It's phenomenal. And I want to say a big welcome to you if you're visiting with us as well, um, because what we're doing here is building something that's special. We, we love churches, but we think our church is the best, 100%. It's not that we're against other churches, but we just know that ours is better. Um, and we want you just to sit back and relax. You know, we're a church in the part of our sayings that we want people to belong before they believe. And we're just grateful that people are here. There's, we don't expect you to conform or anything like that. Just, just, just sit in, grab a coffee, grab a cake, take two, and um, no one's going to judge you, just, just be in, it's great to have you here. And as the guy said, we've, we've, these guys have been referring to the conference, and, and um, it's a bit daunting for me this morning, if I'm honest, because the last person that most people that were at the conference heard speak was this guy called John Gray. And um, if you don't know him, he's like this big black preacher in his 40s, and he's amazing. And... I'm big, but I'm not black. I'm thankfully not in my 40s either, but, um, so I've got something on him. But um, nearly, jog on. <laughs> I am closer to 40 than 30, which is sad. <laughs> but there we go. But you know what? As I can be daunted, and I'm thinking, oh, I've got, I'm speaking at, at Acom, and it's a privilege to, not Acom, just at Global, yeah. over the summer, but it's my privilege to kick this off over the summer. Yeah. And uh, the, what reassures me is the fact that the God that's there is the God that's here. And it, do you know what? It's not my voice or his voice, it's God's voice that's going to speak. And whether there's 10,000 or whether there's 10, it's the same word that's going to rescue us. It's the same power that can save people's lives. So I'm going to get forward, but what I need you to do, you guys that have been there, Shant said, the best thing about this guy, John Gray, was the fact that he made 20,000 white people, largely, in Europe, stand up and cheer. <laughs> Uh, in, in the O2, which is rare. So I don't want you all to be boring. If I see you looking boring, I'm going to get you to stand up. I'm going to get you to move forward. Uh, and you're going to come forward. So I need some participation in this, okay? You ready to go? And a lot of the teaching that we've had, is if you've been there, you don't need any more teaching, but you do need to hear this. So stay awake for this one, because what we've had is phenomenal. And today, it's been, a lot of the teaching has just been uh, about love. And you think, well, how of course, it's love. God is love. But, but you know, it's huge. It's about mission, about what Shelley's just brought, about what the guys have just brought, about going out there and not just keeping it to ourselves, not yeah. keeping it in our own little cardboard box of Christianity and thinking, this is me. Because you know what? God's got room for everyone. Yeah. In that song that we just sang, it said, in my father's house there are many rooms. And uh, there's a place to me. We're not, there's no limit to what God is. It's not that like, if you, if you become a Christian, that means your friend, and your friend becomes a Christian, then that means that somehow you're going to get less from God because he doesn't work like that. He's got space for absolutely everyone. Yeah. And so tonight, or tonight, it's not tonight, it feels like tonight because it's dark. <laughs> Miserable weather, isn't it? But, um, and I've taken this week off work and this is when it starts to rain. <laughs> and uh, 
go back to work. There could be some overtime coming my way if I go back to work as well. So come on, I don't think so. Anyway, so today I'm going to just kick off this summer by talking about God's grace. And if you were here a few weeks ago, then you'd say, oh, you spoke about God's grace a few weeks ago. It's like, yeah, well, I'm doing it again. And, and you know what? You can never talk about it enough. I'm going to come through some different angles. But here's the, other, here's the thing. Everything that we've taken from the conference, everything you've just heard this morning that you've seen, if we're going to be successful in reaching other people, in sharing our stories, if you're a Christian here today, if you're going to be successful in sharing our stories, then we have got to know, and we all more than that, we've got to remember who we were and what God has done for us. You know, the the conference, they talked a lot about love. We we read at, at weddings a lot about love. 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about what love is. Love is kind. Love does not envy. We know that the Bible says then that love never fails. And we know also the Bible tells us that God is love because it tells us in John's Gospel, doesn't it? It doesn't say that God does love. It just says God is love. It's not a theory. It's not a concept. So what does love look like? It looks like God. It looks like Jesus. It says in John chapter 3, it's a really famous verse of the Bible. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But here's the best bit, and we never read it. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And then there's this thing called grace. Seen it on a video. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. I remember thinking, remember Barack Obama singing it? I watched that thing when he was at one of those memorial services. I'm not going to do that. But we need to be immersed. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Come on, Chance, get up. We need, I've called this talk immersed in grace an immersion is when when we baptize people we talk about them being immersed in water it's like when you dive into something and we need to dive in to grace we need to be immersed in grace because we need it ourselves because you know what it's everything what is grace it's loads of things it's really hard to try and boil it right down but really it's favor it's your it's god's mercy basically it's things that we did not deserve but god gave them to us anyway Anyone grateful for that? Because I'm grateful. On the way back from Hillsong, we luckily, I'm not quite so uh, nervous about uh, missing uh, speaking today because we missed, unfortunately, the last session because we had to come back and, and pick Isla up. And then on Friday, we were coming back on the train and as you know, there was the storms and everything like that and I was just looking to see what the train times were and then suddenly you get that all just lights up on your phone, like the significant delays. L and the R say, do not travel today. And think, oh, flipping heck, not again. <laughs> And so I thought, right, chance, we need to go a little bit early. We need to get to King's Cross and thinking, you know what it's like when the trains go nuts? It's just the worst place to be, is, is, is trying to travel by train in the UK when something's not going well. And so we got to King's Cross and we had tickets for the half past three train. And then we're looking on the, the board and, and all the trains were, were delayed or cancelled or delayed or cancelled. And you're thinking, well, we're looking at the other routes and maybe we can go to Sheffield and maybe we can go to Edinburgh and come back that way and looking at all these alternative routes to come back. And then I found a lady on the platform from l and I just said, look, we, we've got tickets for this train. It doesn't look like it's going. Is there a way that we can get back to York? We've got tickets to go back to York. But so my wife is eight months pregnant and I need to get her a seat because I don't mind standing, but she can't stand. Like, you know, she's knackered from walking through London and it's hot <laughs> and it's muggy and it's just horrendous. 
And this woman said, yeah, um, come and find me. And, and we got onto the platform for the, the two o'clock train uh, that was going. And we, this woman was there. And I said, hi, just let you know, I'm the woman. The, I'm not the woman. I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. I'm, I'm the guy, this is my wife, to pregnant. And yeah, yeah, not a problem. Let's see what we can do. And she's there with the guard. And they've been really helpful. And we stood by first class. And in my mind, I've been praying. It's like, come on, come on, let's, something, that'll be good. And then she, she comes out and she just waves at us. because I've got two seats for you um, at the table in, in first class. We didn't have first class tickets. So we left at two o'clock. And we got back uh, an hour before we should have done in a delay. But here's the other thing, then we're in first class and you're sitting and, you, and it's air conditioned and it's leather seats and it's like wide seats and they recline. And, like, and I'm thinking, oh, this is, I'm just so grateful just to be on this train because I can see all the panic and you can see all the sardines in the other trains and everyone's crammed in and like stood and, and, and thinking, I'm just so grateful that we've actually been put on here. And then yeah. the guard comes on and says, look, there's no um, uh, catering because we've got one guy doing the whole catering for the train so you have to come down to the buffet car with your tickets and if you're in first class you'll get the free food that you get otherwise you're going to have to buy it and I thought okay well we haven't got first class tickets so I'm happy with the seat I'll take the seat that we've got and then we outside to go down I thought I'll go and get a chance to bottle of water um, so you queue down and like you're queuing through like the buffet car if you know what the buffet car's like on those trains are tight corridors and there's people trying to squeeze in people are like this is outrageous all the classic sort of this never happens in Germany. I think it does happen in Germany. It just doesn't happen in Germany. Lightning happens wherever. But, like, but anyway, but we're really good at complaining. And I got to the front of the queue, and the guard was there, and he'd seen us get on the train. And he said, uh, I said, can I just get a bottle of water for my wife? Uh, I said, we don't have the tickets for first class. Like, she, my wife's the pregnant lady that you saw just get on. I said, so we haven't got a ticket. So, but can I just get her a bottle of water? And he was like, yeah, do you want some food? I was like, yeah. He's like, do you want a beer? Do you want some wine? I was like, do you know what? I've got to drive later on, so I'll say no, but thank you very much. And he gave us, like, these James Martin salads and some drinks and stuff like that. And, they come, and, and all the people are coming back down. And in, in the middle of that, he's then starting going, so when's your baby due? And there's this queue going right down the train, and this guy's just chatting to me, like, oh, isn't it great? I've got two kids. How are you getting on? What's the age gap? And we're having this chat. And I'm thinking, I feel so bad because I feel like I don't deserve this. Like, I don't deserve it. I feel a fraud because I have not paid the ticket. I'm, we're on the cheap tickets back to York. And you're aware that you're sitting there with all these other people that have probably paid hundreds of pounds to, to go from London to wherever. And there's us two, people that are sitting on the floor in, in the ends of the corridors. And there's us two sitting there in first class, reclined back with, with food out for us and drinks out for us and air conditioning on and free Wi-Fi. And then the, the guys across the table, get a, they they're all getting given bottles of wine. It's getting a bit messy uh, further down the carriage. And, and the guy's like, do you want a drink? I said, like, yeah, we'll have a, have a little bit. And so they're sharing a bottle of wine with us. Well, not with Shant, but and a bit. And, you think, and just chatting to these, to these guys. And you're thinking, I don't deserve this. I feel like a fraud. That's what grace is like. When you're there, you're thinking, all these people are complaining. I'm grateful because I know I shouldn't be here. I know I shouldn't be sitting in this carriage right at this moment in time. I should be sitting on the floor or standing or being like the sardines. And I'm thinking... That's what grace is like. It's just that stuff that we don't deserve it. And, you, and we've just got to be, wow, I'm so grateful for, for that. It's brilliant. You know, we get back early. We had prayed about it, which is good because, you know, um, I think I'm just praying for a breakthrough. And we get back half an hour, hour early. Made it just back into our house before the thunder came down. It's fantastic. Grace. That's what it's like. It's the reason that we're saved. It's the reason that we can be healed. It's the reason that we're set free. Yeah. 
Do you know what? It's the reason that whatever God has called you to do, it's because of grace. It's the reason that no matter what you've done in your life up until today, you can still stand here this morning like we just did and worship with your arms open wide. Because it's by grace that some of us are still married. It's by grace that we're still alive even and not dead. And we need to immerse ourselves in that grace. Let it embed itself. Let it just sleek in. Let it soak in to everything of our lives. You know, it's that song, Amazing Grace, it's a great song. It's a phenomenal song. But it's not enough just to know the words to it. It's this life-changing when you accept it and you let it be part of your life. And it's, it'll change the way that we look at things. It'll change the way we talk about things. It's going to change everything if you get this whole grace thing into our lives. The problem is, is today we've got an enemy, we've got, we've got a devil. Maybe many people don't believe in the devil, but he's there. He doesn't want you to believe in him. His job's, his job's been done. But the problem is that today the devil wants people to get soaked up and, and immersed in anything but grace, in everything that's going on, in politics, in, in fashion, in health. None of this stuff is all bad, by the way, but it just takes our focus off grace. But here's the thing. If we're going to change anything, we need grace in our lives. You know, as Global, it came up on a video at the start. It says we are a movement, we're not a monument. That means that we're on a journey. We're a movement, we're a church planting movement. We've got a a mission uh, and a vision to plant churches all around the UK and all around the world. And we're not just a movement in terms of church planting. We should be a movement of grace. You know, uh, put your hands up here, but I'm, I'm hoping pretty much everyone would say this, but anyone who's got friends or family that you'd want to be in church that not are in church at the minute and hopefully that's going to be everyone but here's the thing if the people are ever going to meet those people are ever going to meet Jesus then they need to have an encounter with that grace movement there's loads of Christian movements we all know about them if you think about them there's the complicated language movement that I don't understand whatever they're saying (laughs) movement in church but I'm just going to go with it it's over my head but someone probably understands it in Latin or whatever it is Um, I'm not picking on the Catholics but there's loads of uh, complicated language there's the boring movement (laughs) they just go to church and have a nap movement (laughs) there's the legalistic finger pointing movement those helpful posters that you see all over the place so they go drive up the A1 and it says, prepare to meet your God on the side of a truck. And you're like, really? I didn't realise my driving was that bad. Like, <laughs> the problem is, is that when people see that, it's like when you go to a restaurant and you try something. Like anything else, when you experience a bad experience enough, you're not going to try it again. Because you went to that, maybe, you know, you've been to a Chinese restaurant or something like that and you've been once or twice, you, you maybe go again because you think, maybe we'll give them another go, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But after two or three times thinking, no, it is just crap. <laughs> they are just bad. We've given them the benefit of the doubt, they're, not, they're no good. The grace movement, that means that we've got to immer- be immersed in that grace when we meet people. People that are so amazed by us that they don't have to come here to church, they don't have to go to the O2, to Hillsong conference to hear the latest big speakers. They just saw you and me and how we were, what we say, same, same, but different. So much grace that's coming out of us and through that, they're intrigued to know more. There's something, what is it that's different about you? Because you're different to everybody else. That's it, that's what we've got to do. You know how people come to church? Well, people drive to church, that's one of the answers to the question. But uh, you've all gone very quiet, so I'm going to start moving in a minute. <laughs> the welcome is great, we've got a great welcome, we've got great music. But what really gets people's attention isn't that great welcome or, or great music. Because other places have got great welcome and other places have got great music. What gets people to think, wow, 
Maybe God can change my life is when they see me and you changing and growing. Because you know what? You cannot argue with a changed life. It's there. You just cannot argue against it. And when you say, this, you know what's changed? Church, God, Jesus is changing my life. I'm not just being changed. I'm in a process of changing. I'm not the guy I was when I became a Christian uh, 10, 11 years ago, but I'm glad that I'm not the guy that I was five years ago as well, that I'm growing. I'm constantly changing. You know, doctors can't change you. Self-help books can't change you in a way that Jesus can. You know? But when we bring people, there's two options. Well, there's probably more than two options, but I've got two options for how to get someone to church. We can go up to them and go, I'd like to give you this CD and a Bible. Bye. Yeah. And, and maybe that's going to help them. And maybe it will. Or we could actually be it. We could be that light. The Bible says in Matthew, it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this. That's why we're at the O2 Arena. That's why we're in places like this in York. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you on there on a hilltop, on a light stand, you need to shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. And by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I want to be part of something like that. Do do we all want to be part of something like that? Brilliant, come on. So there's my question for you this morning, is who can experience the grace of God through you? How can you reflect that out? It says in Ephesians, it says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from ourselves. It is not our work. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We can't get on social media and say how great we are. Because we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good, work, good, good works, which God prepared in advance for us. So I've got like three thoughts just on grace this morning. And the first one is this, is that grace calls us. And God calls us to do things through grace. But here's another thing to think about, is that what we're called to do and what we're capable of doing is really, really different. You might not agree, you think, I'm amazing, I can do that, I've got loads of capacity. I'm not talking about it in that sense. But the Bible says that we're told to love our neighbours. But we all know that some of you don't even like, or some of not you, just me as well, we don't even like our colleagues. (laughs) Can't even get on with our colleagues. But we're told to love everybody. We're supposed to live pure and wholesome lives. But sometimes we can't even make it through sleeping without sinning. We can't even go a couple of hours without falling down somewhere in life. And I believe that God's got a plan and a purpose for everyone. That there is a calling on your life, not just my life. That's a dream. That dream that's inside of you, what, you've been, what you're here to do. The thing that you think, I know that this is what I was supposed, supposed to be doing. And some people, you'll sit here and think that, I'm not good enough to do that. I've got this dream, but I can't do that. I'm not good enough to do that. I don't, I don't know what to do. And the good news for you here is, no, you're not good enough. You were never good enough. That's why Jesus came to die for us, that we would never have to be good enough. But he came to save us. It doesn't make sense, but that's, that's grace. As, as we, one of the songs that we sing says, it's like, it's impossible to be a Christian, actually, to try and do it your way. Christianity is impossible if you try and do it your way without God involved. You cannot do it on your own. We need to be with God. God's grace calls us out from hiding away. 
as it said in that passage of, of scripture, I'm not going to hide you under a bucket. Everyone hid under a bucket? <laughs> it's either small people or big buckets. <laughs> God's grace calls us from hiding away and it stops us from giving excuses about why stuff can't be done. There's the good news. Oh, that I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. Just excuses. You know, the Apostle Paul, he's dealing with some issues in, in the 2 Corinthians. And we've all had to deal with issues, and we all have issues going on in our life daily, probably. So we all can relate to the fact that we've got to deal with issues. And here he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, he says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Three times he's got issues to deal with and he asked God to take it away. Only natural, as you would do. God, could you just remove this? I could do without this right now. But the key takeaway from this thing is that God is strong when we are weak. That's huge because what does that mean? It means if you've ever questioned whether you can do anything, then maybe you know that you can't do it by yourself, then you can know that God's grace is sufficient for you. And with God, all things, just say all things, so I know you're still listening, all things are possible. Now, you've just seen a video where maybe you've been at the conference and we can look at all those great people, the really, really talented people that are singing, that are dancing, the people that are hosting everything and you can look at them and just think, they're so special, they're just so talented. But you know what? It's not their talent, it's not their gift that makes them special. It's their availability that makes a difference. You know, God is not looking for perfect people because there are no perfect people. What he's looking for is available people. People who will just say, God, will you take me just as I am? And will you take me further? Will you take me on this journey with you, this adventure? Because we've got a calling, we've got a plan and a purpose, and I want to go there with you. We sing a song, we didn't sing it today, so if you don't know it, I apologise. But we sing a song called Oceans, where it says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. That's what we need to be calling out. But here's the thing, that when I don't feel like I can do anything, like this morning I'm feeling slightly inadequate, that I'm speaking to, not to you guys, but that we just heard this amazing people, and I'm thinking, and I get to follow this. Hey, isn't this amazing? No pressure, no pressure, no pressure. And then I read that passage. I know that God's grace is sufficient for me. And that God's got my back and it doesn't matter about what I say because I'm bringing the word of God and it's the same word of God. Some of these verses are the same verses that you've, you've heard before, the same verses that you've heard at a conference, maybe the same verses that you read whenever you last read the Bible, if you did. God's got my back. What God's saying here is saying that I don't care about your background. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what sex you are. I don't care what your relationship status is. I love you unconditionally and I have saved you and I've got a great plan and a great purpose for, for your life. But here's the thing, you need to do something about that because I'm with you. My grace is with you. Yeah. You know, we've got a, a, how old is she? 16, 17 months-ish um, <laughs> baby, toddler. And I tell her every day how beautiful she is. What a great girl she is. Because I want her to know 
what her, what her dad says that she's like. Because I know that as she goes, she doesn't understand that just yet. But I want her to know, as she gets into the world, that there's going to be so much stuff that's telling her she's not this, she's not that, that I want her to know what her dad says that she is. Because there's something powerful about hearing the words of a father. The words of a mother are great, but it's in the Bible. It's said about Jesus. God says, this is my son whom I love. With them I am well pleased. You know, we, again, going back to the songs, we sing that song, Who You Say I Am. I am who you say I am. I'm not who the world says I am. I'm not a failure. I'm not, I'm not uh, insecure. I am a child of God. That God is my Father and He's above everything. He's above everyone. And if I'm going to listen to anyone, I'm going to listen to you. Because you guys are down there and He is up there. These guys are chickens. This guy's an eagle. We need to know that, remind ourselves of who he says that we are. That we're on our best days and when we're getting carried away with how good we are and we're on our worst days, that we think we are not a slave. We're his children. God's, and he can sound cheesy, but you know what? Cheesy stuff works. And you can just remind yourself, think, no, I know what he says. I know that he loves me. In the midst of everything that's going on, I know that he loves me, he's for me, he's got a plan for me. And if God is for us, who can be against us, the Bible says. You know, if God says that that you're healed, guess what? You're healed. If God says it's a new day, then it's a new day. But I want you to, to say today that you cannot spend another day not understanding who God says you are. Because we need you on the pitch playing. We don't need you in the stand watching. We need more people part of our journey. We, we, we're not a spectator sport. Church is not a spectator sport. We're all in and we're on that battlefield. And we're going out because we need to share this message with people. You need to know that God's grace and favour is on your life. Now, dreaming is important. Everyone loves dreaming. There's a power in dreams. So if you don't dream, I'm not a great dreamer. I need to be better at dreaming, if I'm honest. But I want to encourage us to have big, big dreams. Almost like God dreams. Not dreams about God. I mean, you can dream about God if you want. But dreams that are so big that we know without God, it's just going to be impossible. At the conference, we heard from one of the pastors, a guy called Chris Hodges, who got to fly in a, in a, a US fighter jet. And you're thinking, that's, a, that's not just the sort of dream that you write down. They're talking about a bucket list, but there's a dream. And you're thinking, with God, all things are, are possible because how does someone that's not in the, in the military get into a multi, multi-million pound fighter jet and go for a fly around? That just doesn't happen. Like, like, we just know that you can't just walk up and go, hi, can I have a go, please? Like, and, and how much, you know, these things cost thousands of pounds uh, a, a minute just to run. Like, just send this guy up. Dreams are good, but God dreams are better. We're looking at buying a business. We don't have the money to do it. And it's like, in one sense, to some people it seems small, but to us right now, it's been big and we're breaking through piece by piece in this journey. But the thing is, like, if I could say, they, when we spoke to them, they said, when we started a business, we just needed 10,000 pounds. I'm thinking, if only we just needed 10,000 pounds. Because we could do that. We could do that. You can get 10,000 pounds today is not a lot of money, sadly. <laughs> but we need, like, almost 10 times that. Like... Um, if not more, I can't, my math is gone. Right, but we need a lot. But this is it, it's impossible without God because I'm excited because I'm thinking, I, we can't do this by ourselves. We can't have a little whip round and go, can we just get this money for that? So we're be- believing God for, and dreaming with God that this is, this is it. You know, and if you go to the Nimmo's house, 
uh, Andy and Anna are, are executive pastors and, and they lead the Barbican Church. They've got a sign up in their, in their living room and it says something on the lines of, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's not yeah. big enough. Yeah. And that's it. That's what it's like. Yeah. And we had to like, oh, I want to do it, but it's a little bit scary. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. We've been leading this church for like a few years and, and me and Chance, we, we are, you know, no surprise to you guys, but we are totally out of our depth in so many of the areas of what we're doing. But we know that God's grace is on our lives and we want to do more with it. We want to take this church further. We want to grow this church. We're not content. We love all you guys, but we want more people in. We don't just want to be here. We want to be everywhere. We want, just because we're part of Acom doesn't, we want to grow the church in London. We want to grow the church in York. We want to grow the church all across the world in Copenhagen and Malmo where we've got people going because we know that what we've got is special and we love other churches but there's people that need to hear the message from our church the people that are not going to go to another church they're going to come to our church and we want to grow it and have thousands and thousands of people throughout the world and the vision that Dave and Shelley have got for that and you think well it just seems a bit you're in York and then you want to you call yourself global a bit arrogant like because we've had that you know, you're global and you're like you're, you're a small church in York it's like yeah but we've got a vision for more yeah. we've got a vision to go right across the world and that's where we're going because we're going to set our sights on that but we need God in it we can't do it by ourselves yeah. but that's where we're going we're called out to deep water you know that song Oceans is a hell of a lot easier to sing than it is to live it out yeah. <laughs> get out to deep water oh that's a bit deep I'm going to go back to the shallow end I didn't like that deep water I fell down but I'm just going to stick to watching much easier to be a spectator we're called by God into deep water and when we live out a life out of depth God's grace is going to be with us he's going to cover us there that's my first point the second two points are a bit quicker you'll be pleased to know the second one is this it's that grace covers us who knows that we all spend differently when we know someone else's pain you ever had that? You go to the restaurant and we're now you're thinking, a bit tight on money. And so thinking, would the starter work as a main course? Water's great, isn't it? Water's great. <laughs> and then someone says, by the way, it's covered. And you're like, suddenly I'm hungry. Suddenly. Is it a ribeye steak or um, is it a surf and turf? I'm not quite sure what they've got. The Caesar salad is now gone. <laughs> uh, but like, I remember... <laughs> It's, how, it's amazing how quickly you can pick up the hunger and stuff in certain situations like that. Remember we took some, guy, some youth guys somewhere one time a few years back and like we were in McDonald's or somewhere and one of the guys was just like, didn't have any money and was stood at the front and then it's like uh, me and uh, uh, another guy said, it's alright mate, we'll, we'll get this for you. Suddenly, <laughs> 30 chicken nuggets, I'll have a side order of that, I'll have a side order of that, I'll have a milkshake. I was like, mate, Pretty much everyone else has just got a Big Mac meal. Like, and he's like ordered three times the amount of stuff. We think that's what we do. That's what we do. It's in our nature. We, as years ago as a church, we were potentially getting some lottery money to, to invest in production equipment. And I had the job of two of us. We got a phone call saying, how much money would you need to buy the stuff that you, that you want? And we were dreaming around thinking, well, you give us, you, basically the answer was, give us, if you give us five grand, you spend it. If you give us five million pounds, we'll spend it. Because the sound desk is 25 grand to start off with. The speakers are 200 grand. Like, it's not cheap equipment to buy it, but we'll just spend it, whatever we want. But, and you're thinking, it's not our money to spend. So we're going, yeah, just yeah, two million, but I think we need three. Maybe need a bit more. We all know that. We realise that we've been called out into deep water. We know that that same grace that calls us 
will sustain us out there. That's when we get there that we know that God's covered it. Like, like when we paid the bill for that guy in the restaurant, it's covered, don't worry about it. And we can look at it with that perception that it's not ours, it's being covered and we can spend it differently. And we can question God about whether he is going to be in there with us on our journey when we take that step of faith. But the question I want to say back to you is why would God, the same God that has saved you, the same God that knew, you, you knew who you were before you were born, the same God that had a plan and purpose for your life, why would that same God fail you here? Why would the God that's always victorious, the God that never loses, that is always overcoming, have his first defeat with you? He's not going to. One of the greatest revelations that we can ever have, and you need to take hold of this, is this, is that if God is going to call me to do something, then he's going to back me up. You know, we all have bad runs, like a sports star has a bad run of form. And we never feel good enough and you're just out of shape and you're not quite right. And we're just kind of out of step. But God doesn't have a bad day. And he doesn't look at us as having a bad day. We get these thoughts that come into our minds just as, as we're taking on uh, leaps of faith. You get these thoughts that come into your mind from the enemy that you're not good enough to do this. You're not qualified to do this. You can't do this. Your behaviour isn't good enough to do this, as if our behaviour was ever good enough anyway. But we need to know that the good news is that it doesn't depend on us. It's about God and what he's done for us. He has paid the price. He's got it. When we bought our house, I think I talked about this the other week, and we had a, on the day that we'd exchanged contracts, we had a mortgage uh, shortfall deposit, something that had changed, and in a short space of time, we had to just find an extra thousand pounds. So again, isn't that money, but when you just put in a 10% deposit for a house already, finding another thousand is not the easiest thing to do. And I didn't want to ask our parents because they'd already helped us out with stuff. And my dad just happened to send me a text saying, how's it going? And I just sort of said, yeah, um, we've got to find this. And uh, I wasn't asking, just saying what it was. We're looking to see what we can do, how we can work around this. And then about 10 minutes later, I got a text saying, it's there. I never cry when I'm preaching. <laughs> but that's it. He's covered it. <laughs> didn't ask for it. I genuinely wasn't asking for it. But that's what our life is like. Excuse me. (laughs) Never go to London, it makes you a (laughs) crybaby. From the north. (laughs) But that's it. It's covered. It's covered. And we need to remember that. Because the third point is this, grace is for everyone. We need to let go of that guilt. We need to let go of that self-condemnation. It says this in Hebrews. It says, now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not slip it through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all, all but sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. We've got to let good go of our guilt. We've got to let go of our self-confidence and our lack of self-confidence and do what that text just says. Walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take that mercy and accept the help. 
Wow. So simple. You know, the day you feel not worthy, the day you feel not like not coming to church is exactly the day that you need to come to church. When you come to meet with people like you guys that are passionate, that are up for it, that are going to encourage each other through it. We need to come in and we need to dive headfirst into that grace that God has for us. We need to cover ourselves and immerse ourselves in it. Because here's the thing, if we don't, we're going to get submerged. And there's a difference between being submerged and immersing we're going to get submerged in condemnation. There are people, including many Christians, sadly, all over the world, who feel so condemned, who feel laden with shame and regret, but because they don't know the grace of God. And maybe you're sitting here today and that's you. You've been living with things that you were never supposed to be living with. And today is the day you can have that lifted off you. That burden lifted off you. Because here's the thing, as that text in the Bible said in Matthew, Jesus didn't die for you to be hidden away. He came and died for us that we could have life, and life in all its fullness, the Bible says. You know, often in life, stuff like this seems too good to be true. And it usually is. And we can look at this and think the same. It's just not, it sounds too good to be true. And in the world that we're in today, we're wary of it. Because we know that 99 times out of 100, it's not what it is. But this is, it's not too good to be true. God's grace is available to absolutely everybody. Available to all of you. It's available for your marriage. It's available for your relationship. It's available for your life. If yesterday was a rough day, or if today's a rough day so far, then you need to know this, that the Bible says that his mercies are new every day. We have just got to go and ask for it. And as I said, we're a church, global church, we're a church where we're all about people that belong before they believe. I was that guy, I was part of our church for a good few months at least before I made a decision to become a Christian. I was on production team doing that and I just got plugged in because I belonged, I loved it. So you don't have to be a Christian to be here. To, you don't have to be a Christian to get something out of what we bring. Yeah. We're just glad that you're here. Yeah. Because Christianity is for everyone. It sounds a cliche, but Christianity is for everyone. It's not just for Christians. It's for absolutely everybody. And maybe you are here today and you've not yet invited Jesus into your life. And every week we give people an opportunity to respond. And I just want to ask you just to bow your heads for a moment. I just want to ask you a question. I'm not going to get you to stand up or or say anything. In a moment, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. But if I asked you today whether you had a relationship with Jesus, what would you say? Would you say yes? Yes, I do. No, I don't. Or maybe I'm not sure. And today we can all walk out of here. You can walk out of here knowing Jesus. And that's going to make a huge difference in your life. You can experience God's grace, know that God loves you unconditionally. He's got an amazing plan and purpose for your life. But we've all liked to do our own thing. And so we walk away from God. And so what God did was he sent his son, Jesus, to live the life on earth that we could live and die in our place so that we could be made right with God, that we can be changed and we can be forgiven. And then Jesus, he rose again from the grave so that he could have the ability to live the life he wants us to live. Because he's alive, he's here today through his spirit, he'll come into your life and he'll forgive you, he'll change you forever. You just need to invite him in. There's nothing else that we can do. 
So if you want to invite Jesus into your life this morning, if you want to experience that amazing grace, that indescribable grace, then I'm just going to ask you just to raise a hand as a sign, then we're going to pray and then we're going to move on. So it won't take too long over this, but if that's you this morning, and you want to invite Jesus into your life, then just raise your hand and we're going to pray. Brilliant. You can put your hands down. And I, I just want you to pray this prayer after me. We'll all join in. I'm not just going to leave it to you guys. But just pray this prayer after me. This is, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, today I ask you to do what I cannot do. Come into my life. Change me and forgive me. I turn my life over to you. And with your help, I'm going to follow you. Thank you, Jesus, that my life changes today. Amen. Brilliant. Guys, you've been really patient. Thanks for listening. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 